0: Welcome to the Managing the Smart Mind podcast with your host, Coach Kramer. This is episode 34, Perfectionism. smart, sometimes perfectionist humans. This is number four in a series on smart people problems, things that are challenging, especially for humans with smart minds. In the previous episodes, we looked at smart shaming, bore out, and the challenge of thinking you have to pick one thing. And today, we look at something super fun, perfectionism, a topic I know very intimately. My perfectionist tendencies flare up every week when I hit publish on the podcast, because I know that within less than an hour, I will probably think of better ways to have talked about the topic or other important issues I should have covered. And I think this is the flip side of learning something at lightning speed. Basically, your own creations tend to become obsolete pretty quickly, at least to you. Although, admittedly, obsolete is a bit harsh, let's just say that you are ready for version 1.1 and 1.2 and even 2.0 a lot faster than most people are. Now, this weekly perfectionism, my experience, is annoying, granted, but it's quite manageable. The podcast still gets published, and I accept ahead of time that I'm going to have thoughts about it, which may not necessarily be fun. And as a coach, I have plenty of tools to deal with them, and expecting them in itself, hint, hint, (laughs) already takes away maybe 80% of the pressure. I've accepted my perfectionist tendencies and in most cases can still get the work done. But for some smart humans, perfectionism is quite a debilitating condition. So let's dive into it. What exactly is it and how do you overcome it? I want to get one important thing straight first. Perfectionism is learned behavior. It is not a personality trait, however much you may think so. Right? So when someone says, I'm such a perfectionist, what is happening is that they have a tendency to revert to perfectionist coping strategies, right? And perfectionist tendencies are learned behavior, which thankfully can be unlearned. And there's actually a lot of knowledge Um, about how perfectionism arises and how not to raise gifted children. I'm not going to go into that on this podcast, but that is something you could Google or that I will cover at a later stage. But perfectionism is learned behavior. And this brings me to my definition of perfectionism, which may be a bit different than what you're used to. Here goes. Perfectionism is a strategy to avoid uncomfortable emotions and create a false sense of security. Okay, let's say that again because it's quite a mouthful. Perfectionism is a strategy the brain uses to A, avoid uncomfortable emotions like fear and B, create a false sense of security, of safety and Let's be honest. It's actually quite a clever strategy. It does manage to avoid most short-term risks, right? You're not putting yourself out there. You're not hitting publish. You're not saying yes to a job offer, etc., etc. But the sad thing is that the long-term cost of perfectionism as a coping strategy is massive. It is a very high price to pay. Unchecked perfectionism can lead to serious dysfunction. People dropping out of school. I actually... This is like confession time. But I dropped out of music school due to like just completely debilitating perfectionism in my second year. I was unable to write a single note. I was studying composition amongst other things and I dropped out. It can lead to burnout, it can lead to massive anxiety, depression, lots of not fun things. And this is not to mention that it also tends to take all the joy out of your life, right? If you're so perfectionist. Now, perfectionism as a coping strategy basically says, hey, you're just not good enough to be yourself. You have to try harder, right? Be better. And also, I want you to avoid situations where there isn't a 100% guarantee that you're going to be successful. So this means that, first of all, you end up doing stuff that's always inside your comfort zone and you never get to experience growth, which is very boring, especially if you have a smart mind. And, on the other hand, you're constantly pushing yourself to be better, right? It's exhausting, it's never good enough, which causes a lot of stress and is a massive energy drain. Now, I always like to work in my coaching practice on the assumption that our behavior, also our avoidance behavior, makes sense on some level, right? There's a logic to it. So, there is a need here that your brain has found a way to address. And it's just that in the case of perfectionism, the side effects of this strategy are pretty bad. But what is that underlying need? Let's get curious about that. What is your brain trying to fix through the strategy of perfectionism? Basically, it's your inability to safely experience emotions like fear, vulnerability and uncertainty. At some level, something inside you is convinced that if you screw up at whatever it is you're trying to do, whether it's writing a book, a podcast, a presentation, or applying for a new position, etc., it's convinced that if you feel the emotions that come with that are going to be unbearable, that they are literally going to kill you. And yes, this May sound a bit dramatic, right? Because when you think about rationally, you know you're not going to die from rejection. But it really is what's going on at a subconscious level. And hence all the machinations, right? All the strategies to minimize the risk at all costs. Now, at a surface level, this can present as being afraid of being judged, laughed at, being afraid of your own, probably harsher self-judgment when your results aren't what you hoped for, Um, catastrophizing into the future, I'll lose my job, end up alone on a bridge, et cetera, dismissing the work you did do, right? It was a complete waste of time. I was an idiot. What was I thinking? And so on. These are all some examples of what drives your brain to pick perfectionism as a coping strategy. But as you, you may know by now, as a coach and philosopher, I love to look not just at that surface level Right. But also what's underneath, because if we can address what's underneath, we solve all the things rather than just a couple of them. So underneath all of these is the idea that you will not be able to deal with whatever your brain thinks is going to happen to you in case of a not ideal outcome to your endeavors. In other words, when, in your opinion, you fail. I'm going to quote your brain. (laughs) It thinks. Failure is not an option. So when we want to counter perfectionism, our perfectionist tendencies, this is what we have to change your mind about. We have to show your brain, actually your entire nervous system, your mind, your body, your heart, that failure is an option. That failure may not be your preferred outcome, but it is definitely an outcome you can deal with. And you can do that in several ways. And I'm going to give you three approaches and I recommend you experiment with all of them to figure out what works best for you in your specific situation. And the first one is mind work, thought work. It's to uncover the thinking that leads to the erroneous belief that failure is not an option. And you can do this by asking questions like, what is the worst thing that could happen? What is your nightmare scenario? Imagine it. And then ask, can I deal with that? Can I survive that? And if the answer is, yeah, then are you willing to deal with it, to risk it, in order to achieve your goal? Right? And in this way, you can slowly unravel all the assumptions that failure actually equals death and that it's much better to not do the thing. The second approach is to create safety for your nervous system. If you feel massively triggered by the risk of rejection, by failure, etc., you can also start desensitizing yourself to that fear, right? Almost as you would with a phobia. You can start exposing yourself to failure, to taking risks. You have to start tiny and slowly build it up, right? Like you would with spider phobia, start with a tiny spider maybe on the table, right? And then make it a bit bigger. And and maybe then at some stage you're able to let a small spider sit on your hand. Do the same with taking risks, right? Risking failure. And use somatic practices to calm your nervous system whenever it's necessary. So do scary things. Start very small. It's still a little bit scary. Tiny spider. And keep showing yourself that you're safe even if you're taking risks. And don't worry, if you have no idea how to do that, I'll give a more specific example later on in the podcast. The third approach is to get better at feeling and processing uncomfortable emotions. So fun. (laughs) It's the hardest. And if there's one skill that has an insane ROI return on investment, it is this one. It is to learn to be okay with not feeling okay. We're not taught how to do this when growing up, which... Something I'm also going to address at some stage because this needs to be fixed. Because this is an essential skill we need to master if we want to be a free, thriving human being. And I'm going to be really honest again, it is not easy. Actually, whenever I talk with possible new clients, I always tell them I have bad news for them. Working with them isn't, sorry, working with me isn't just going to be fun and games. Although some of it is, there is also going to be a lot of intense work around learning to be with and process uncomfortable emotions. But it is so worth it. It is basically what is between you and ultimate freedom. Yeah, it's that big. And this is work that is best done with an experienced coach, but I do go into it in the podcast episode called How to Feel Better. So check that one out too if you haven't listened to it yet. So next time you're stressing out about something and finding lots of reasons not to finish it or not start or, you know, avoid it, procrastinate, check in with yourself to see whether perfectionist coping strategies are kicking in. For example, when your brain brain tells you you're not ready with thoughts like these, I just need to read one more article. I just need to get one more certification. I just need another week to write. Or when your brain scares you with thoughts like these, my peers are going to think I'm an idiot. My colleagues are going to laugh at me. My clients are going to think I'm so incompetent. Right. And when your brain's solution is for you to get better before you take the next action to improve yourself somehow or to avoid doing anything at all, then you can be pretty sure that you're dealing with perfectionist tendencies. Now, luckily, this time you're prepared. So you can use one or more of the three strategies I've covered in the podcast. You can use thought work, somatic work or emotional resilience And here's a specific example of what that could look like. Let's say I want to reach out to a big tech firm, hey, big tech firm, to coach their smart humans. Now, when I think of this plan, my brain is immediately freaking out and coming up with thousands of reasons of why this is a very bad idea. It will proceed to tell me I need to get at least two more certifications, build a massive network. Gain another five years of experience, preferable also a PhD, before I can even consider reaching out to the big tech firm. And I can just notice it. And instead of buying into the idea that I need to be and do more before I'm ready, get super curious about what's underneath. And in this case, it's fear of rejection. Right? I'm just terrified that if I try reaching out to this firm I would absolutely love to work with, that they will say, no, thank you. And that my dream of working with them will actually you know, splatter into pieces and it will never happen. So what do I do? When I look at this from a thought work perspective, here's some questions I could ask myself. Like, what's the worst case scenario? Like in this case, getting rejected. Why is that such a bad thing? It kills my dream. <laughs> right? okay. But does it kill my dream forever? Or could I try again in a year, right? Keep asking questions. If they say no to the proposal, what am I making it mean about me and the value and credibility of my work? Right? Is that also where I'm you know, creating a lot of pain for myself? Are all these thoughts even true? right? And what other thoughts could I choose instead? And this alleviates a lot of the pressure because basically I'm shooting holes in all the drama that my brain is creating. Now, if I want to tackle this with somatic work, right, option two, this is what that could look like. I visualize myself going through all the steps Preparing the proposal, finding the right person to reach out to, reaching out, etc. And then I, I notice, I observe what happens in my body. When the emotions get too intense, for example, when I start to feel very uncomfortable, I kind of freeze the visualization or pause it, and whilst staying in it, I can start to soothe my nervous system. I can put my hand on my heart and say, "I am safe." I can do a body scan, right? I can do grounding, for example, through my senses. And then after that, I check in to see how I feel. Am I still terrified? Then I need to do more grounding and soothing. Am I better? Then I can move on with visualization, right? And then if I am able to go through the whole thing in my imagination and feel ready to actually get started with the real thing, I can use exactly the same approach. Same thing. I'm not visualizing. I'm doing the thing. And whenever I get too anxious, I stop and calm myself down before taking the next step. It's such a kind way of doing stuff, right? We're so conditioned to push through, to willpower through, to feel the fear and do it anyway. Yes, by all means, feel the fear and do it anyway, but in a really kind, compassionate way. You don't need to. Be mean to yourself. And when I work from an emotional perspective, this is what I do. I start doing the thing I really don't think I can do. But without pushing myself, right? I notice from curiosity all the emotions that come up. I allow and process them as far as I can. And I allow the leftover uncomfortable emotions to be present and still do The thing. And this, by the way, is where I can use some somatic practices from approach from step two if I get too freaked out. So, this is how we do it. We mix all these things together to stop being afraid of failure. So, we can actually fail in the world because that is actually the antidote to perfectionism. It's Failing, being willing to fail, being safe to fail, being capable of failing, right? Without completely freaking out. Okay, so to summarize, perfectionism is not a character trait. It is a coping mechanism. It's a strategy to avoid uncomfortable emotions and create a false sense of security. Your brain is trying to protect you by stopping you from doing scary things or by getting you to prolong or postpone them for as long as possible, preferably like forever. (laughs) And the solution is to create safety around the inevitable discomfort you are going to experience when you try new things. And now you have three approaches to start building that safety. So give that a go. Try it. As always, baby steps. Be kind to your mind and have a beautiful week. Bye bye. Would you love to experience what it is like to be really free? I can help. DM me on LinkedIn, Instagram, or Facebook to learn how you can work with me, or send me an old fashioned email on podcast at com. Thank you so much for listening to the Managing the Smart Mind podcast. I love that at the time of recording this, there are smart humans listening in 79 countries. Can you believe it? I really appreciate all of you. So do send me any questions or requests for topics you have. And if you enjoyed the podcast, I'd love for you to give it a five-star review so other smart humans can find it. Thank you. smart human, You're probably listening to this podcast because you want to learn how to manage that smart mind of yours. And the first step is actually getting your bearings, doing a little brain audit. And I have the perfect tool for that, the Mapping Your Unique Brain Workbook. And you can actually download it for free at org slash brain map. So that's org slash brain map. Go check it out and play with it and take your first step to managing your smart mind.